Hello, you've tuned in to the Bible Podcast, and we're glad you're here. Today is June 19th, and we're reading through the book of Job. Today we cover chapters 25 through 28, so let's get started. Job chapter 25. Then Bildad the Shuite replied, God is powerful and dreadful. He enforces peace in the heavens, and who is able to count his heavenly army? Doesn't his light shine on all the earth? How can a mortal be innocent before God? Can anyone born of a woman be pure? God is more glorious than the moon. He shines brighter than the stars. In comparison, people are maggots. We mortals are mere worms. Job chapter 26. Then Job spoke again. How have you helped the powerless? How have you saved the weak? How have you enlightened my stupidity? What wise advice you have offered. Where have you gotten all these wise sayings? And whose spirit speaks through you? The dead tremble. Those who live beneath the waters. The underworld is naked in God's presence. The place of destruction is uncovered. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain around his thick clouds and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful, and his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? Chapter 27 Job continued speaking, I vow by the living God who has taken away my rights, by the Almighty who has embittered my soul, as long as I live, While I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil, and my tongue will speak no lies. I will never concede that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. May my enemy be punished like the wicked, my adversary like those who do evil. For what hope do the godless have when God cuts them off and takes away their life? Will God listen to their cry when trouble comes upon them? Can they take delight in the Almighty? Can they call to God at any time? I will teach you about God's power. I will not conceal anything concerning the Almighty. But you have seen all this, yet you say all these useless things to me. This is what the wicked will receive from God. This is their inheritance from the Almighty. They may have many children, but the children will die in war or starve to death. Those who survive will die of a plague, and not even their widows will mourn them. Evil people may have piles of money and may store away mounds of clothing, but the righteous will wear that clothing, and the innocent will divide that money. The wicked build houses as fragile as a spider's web, as flimsy as a shelter made of branches. The wicked go to bed rich, but wake to find that all their wealth is gone. Terror overwhelms them like a flood and they are blown away in the storms of the night. The east wind carries them away, and they are gone. It sweeps them away. It whirls down on them without mercy. They struggle to flee from its power. But everyone jeers at them and mocks them. Chapter 28 People know where to mine silver, and 
how to refine gold. They know where to dig iron from the earth and how to smelt copper from a rock. They know how to shine light in the darkness and explore the farthest regions of the earth as they search in the dark for ore. They sink a mine shaft into the earth far from where anyone lives. They descend on ropes swinging back and forth. Food is grown on the earth above, but down below the earth is melted as by fire. Here the rocks contain precious lapis lazuli, and the dust contains gold. These are the treasures no bird of prey can see, no falcon's eye observe. No wild animals has walked upon these treasures. No lion has ever set his paw there. People know how to tear apart flinty rocks and overturn the roots of mountains. They cut tunnels in the rocks and uncover precious stones. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to the light the hidden treasures. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? No one knows where to find it, for it is not found among the living. It is not here, says the ocean, nor is it here, says the sea. It cannot be bought with gold, it cannot be purchased with silver. It's worth more than all of the gold of Ophir, greater than precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Wisdom is more valuable than gold and crystal. It cannot be purchased with jewels, mountain and fine gold. Coral and jasper are worthless in trying to get it. The price of wisdom is far above rubies. Precious peridot from Ethiopia cannot be exchanged for it. It's worth more than the purest gold. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all humanity. Even the sharp-eyed birds in the sky cannot discover it. Destruction and death say, We've heard only rumors of where wisdom can be found. God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found, for he looks through the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. He decided how hard the winds should blow and how much rain should fall. He made the laws for the rain and laid out a path for the lightning. Then he saw wisdom and evaluated it. He set it in a place and examined it thoroughly. And this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. So this section is a self-contained speech. No speaker is listed, so it could be a continuation of the preceding words, either Job's or Zophar's. However, some consider this a poetic interlude by the author of Job that sums up the argument to this point, emphasizes the failure of human wisdom, and lays the foundation for the Lord's speeches. Two sentences to sum up true wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Looking back in recent history on June 19, 1855, the Statue of Liberty arrived at Bedloe's Island in New York Harbor. It was given to the United States by France as an expression of friendship and of the ideal of liberty shared by both peoples. The idea of the statue as mother of exiles is expressed in the poem written by Emma Lazarus and inscribed on a bronze plaque on the pedestal of the monument. In part, the poem says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. The inscription is indeed a lovely sentiment. Too often, our offer to help those in deep pain is merely sentiment, not action. 
That was certainly the case with Job's friends. Bildad now speaks and he refuses to be outdone. He reminds Job again to consider the nature and character of God, for since he was not unjust, Job surely must have sinned. Job, in sarcastic tones, asks the friends where they got their wisdom. He then pleads with them to look to God for real understanding and faith. Apparently at this point, the three friends, having exhausted their arguments, once again become silent. Job then turns to reflect both upon the true nature of wisdom and his own place in existence. Looking deeper, true wisdom is always heaven-sent, not earthbound. Job eloquently says that no one and no thing on earth is completely wise. Wisdom is God's gift to us. It cannot be purchased by man, and no amount of money can buy true wisdom, but God gives it to those who ask. Only in knowing God can we know real wisdom. Suffering Job acknowledges that God is the source of all wisdom. We cannot know it apart from Him. Wisdom starts in bowing before God in humble adoration. Man can accumulate certain knowledge, but wisdom is reserved for the reverent. Wisdom is walking away from sin. Job sees that sin debilitates man and blinds his mind to truth and wisdom. Only the pure in heart can truly see. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to bow reverently before you, asking that you give me your wisdom as I walk through this world. Thank you for always giving good gifts to those who ask. And I say to you, you have not because you ask not. In Jesus' name. Folks, looking forward to being with you tomorrow as we press through Job. Uh, We'll cover chapters 29 through 31.